You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Shut up and sit down. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. Let's bring on the host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs, and you are listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio. It's a rock and roll show all about pets, people, and pop culture. I am live from Las Vegas, minutes away from the uh, famous Las Vegas Strip, and I think most people are probably sleeping in Vegas right now, but we're up and early to talk to a fantastic guest today. I have a couple of little things to talk to you about before we bring on my, my guest, and uh, it's just a little bit of what we call... I think they call it housekeeping. That's what they call it, housekeeping. <laughs> That's what they call it here. Um, so basically, if you want to listen to our show, you can go to the website, vegasrockdogradio.com. It's the hub of everything that happens with the show. And we're so uh, sometimes on Periscope, so you can find us at Vegas Rock Dog. And of course, right now, we are on our Facebook page, Vegas Rock Dog uh, Radio. Really, really simple. So you can watch the show as well. Instead of just listening, you can watch too. And our Twitter account is Vegas Rock Dog Show. No W at the end, just drop the W. And we're on Instagram and we post loads of pictures of our dogs and other animal-related stuff and fun things that happen to us you know, living here in Las Vegas. It's quite an exciting town, I will tell you that much. And that's Vegas Rock Dog. Really, really easy. Now, if you want to pick up some rock and roll clothing for you and your pets, it's not just your pets, it's for you as well, you'll go to VegasRockDog.com. Now, if you like reviews and you like a nice giveaway and you want to know what's coming on the show or you missed the show and you wanted to catch an archive, you can go over to our blog. And that is the TheRockAndRollDog.com. Now, we do have an app but the app's going away shortly. So if you're currently on our Yap app, yapp.us, if you're currently on that, a couple more weeks it'll be gone. We're going to replace it with something completely different and fresh. So uh, take note of that. A couple more weeks and it'll be bye-bye. <laughs> now, if you, if you do still want to listen to the show on an archive and you want it at your fingertips, you can go to iTunes or you can go to iHeartRadio. Took us a year, but we finally got the show on iHeartRadio. And so many people use that app and already have it on their phones. Just search Vegas Rock Dog Radio. And I think that is my housekeeping. Oh, just one more thing. I do have a separate, I'm calling it a show, but it's not really a show. It's my pet tip of the day. It's on iTunes. And uh, it's around about a 60-second tip. And anything from saving money um, as, a, as a pet parent to uh, any new medical news, uh, you name it, nutrition, I do the tips and it's a daily tip. So that can be a quick, you know, turn it on and listen to a few tips and get some information there. So before I actually bring on my guest, and I've actually been wanting to bring this person on the show for quite some time. And today's the day. It's very exciting. Uh, but I wanted to read some words from a video that was created by the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And it was quite a striking video. It is going to pop up on our Facebook page today. And I want you to watch that too, because the words are very, very powerful. And once you actually watch the video, even more so. So here, here are what are the words I wanted to you know, take from the... Um, you know, from the video uh, before I brought my guest on, just to give you an idea of what this this uh, this guest and this amazing organization does. Uh, here we go. There are more laws protecting cars than cats. In the U.S., an animal is equivalent to a piece of furniture, viewed as property, yet an armchair has a higher value. In so many shocking ways, the U.S. can't or won't stop animal animal abuse. Is this who we are? Last year, people spent $18 billion on coffee and virtually nothing to protect animals, it, you know, is it from anything from abuse to, uh, I mean, abuse is a big umbrella, I'll tell you that much, um, from abuse. And in the U.S., we allow institutionalized abuse against animals. Is this who we are? Billions of animals are mutilated, tortured, and killed every year on factory farms, in dogfighting rings, in circuses, on ranches in laboratories and homes and by the people next door. The Animal Legal Defense Fund is working to protect nursing and pregnant pigs, homeless animals, chimpanzees, farm animals, 
and is winning the case against animal cruelty. This is who they are. They're protecting animals, working for justice, and that's who they are. And I want to welcome this amazing guest that I've, I've I'm just so excited. I was nervous this morning because it's someone I really wanted on the show. I want to welcome Stephen Wells, Executive Director of the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Are you there, Stephen? I'm here, Sam. Oh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. I am so thrilled. I've, you and I are connected on Facebook, but we've never actually really spoken. But I've been, I follow your, your every move. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, and I was aware of your show uh, actually via Facebook in the past. Oh, gosh, that's, that's good to know. Yeah, We're reaching people. So great to be a part of it. Thanks for inviting me. I, I, I was just saying before the show, I had a difficult time putting the show together because there's so much we could talk about. Um, I went through your website. It's phenomenal, the, the scope of what you're doing. It's, it's a lot. But it's an organization that's been going a long time, isn't it? Yeah, uh, ALDF was founded back in 1979, so we're, we've got about 37 years of, of uh, working the legal system to protect animals, um, and we were founded by attorneys. Uh, our founder, Joyce Tischler, uh, was, was a young lawyer at the time, mm-hmm. and she realized that uh, she wanted to put her law degree to work and felt uh, there was a real need to, to specifically focus on legal protections for animals. Now, um, how, how was that received back in 1979? We still have people now that think we're crazy for standing up for animals. How, how was that received back then? Well, it was a challenge. Yeah. You know, she, she got busy and uh, filed her first uh, cases. Uh, and uh, she likes to laugh about uh, her wide-eyed optimism at the time, <laughs> uh, you know, and heading into court and having her hat handed to her a few times. Right. Um, <laughs> But that's the beauty of it. You know, they, they dove in. She found uh, that there were a lot of other attorneys who were also interested, as she was, in using uh, their legal skills to protect animals. So they learned as they went. And, you know, back then there was no such thing as animal law. It no. was not something that, that was considered. It was not an area of law or, or a body of law that anybody even thought about. Goodness. Um, and nowadays, you know, we have uh, with one of our goals is actually to uh, aside to really expand the field of animal law as, as a field of study and practice in, in, uh, in academia. And it's amazing now. There are several yeah. specific animal law journals in the legal realm. There are uh, uh, 150 law schools, I believe, now that oh, are goodness. teaching animal law. That's, a, um, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really an accepted and, and uh, widely regarded uh, field of study and practice. Um, and that's good for the animals because we've got a long way to go. Yeah. You know, we, as a society, I think uh, people have expectations and, and understandings about how animals should be treated. Yes. And our laws do not meet uh, those standards. We've got the, you know, the law really needs to catch up to, yes. to help deal it, about animals. I, I, there was a, uh, there was a, I don't know if you saw this a few weeks ago, it was an uproar with um, um, an Irish MP who had had um, a sign erected at some parks saying, these are dangerous breeds and I can't believe people even have these dogs in their homes. And it was a, it, it caused uproar because it was there was no uh, there was no science behind it. It's just something he wanted, and they put it up, and and people were very upset. One offending people who had these pets in their homes because they weren't breeds that were you know deemed anything what he was saying. But it also then for me, I looked into it, and thought, I wonder how old their laws are over there, and they were old old <laughs> laws that and they're not they weren't science backed by no means and, and you and i know that over the last 20 years alone we've come a long way even in just what we know about nutrition for animals so it was i it, as horrible as it was when he put these signs up and of course they're not going, going to go up now through the whole of ireland um it did open up a dialogue which was who are these people deciding these laws and do they you know, consult with experts? Do they, where are they getting this information? Can't just be their own personal opinion, which it was in that one particular case. So, um, like you say, laws, we've got to catch up, haven't we? And I know you're definitely doing that for us. Um, And I know with, what frustrates me, because I'm not from the States, as you know, by the accent, 
is there's different laws in different states <laughs> makes me crazy i envy other states who have really good animal laws because we're, we're i don't i don't think we're where i'd like us to be um so i find that quite frustrating but uh, it's what we have to live with isn't it you know and hopefully in each state we we have people that really believe in strengthening these laws but to yeah. um but yeah definitely some of them are very very out of date i mean very out of date um, well you know just uh, fundamentally, uh, you know, the, the underlying problem, I think, for animals is that our laws still consider them things, uh, yes. property, yeah. you know, not, not sentient living beings, mm-hmm. but, but things. And uh, that's really the root problem. And, and certainly uh, ALDF is, is actively engaged in, in legal strategies, um, including strategic litigation yeah. uh, that advances the, the rather obvious notion that animals do have interests of their own, um, interest mm-hmm. in their well-being, interest in their own lives, yeah. uh, you know, much like any other living being would. And yet our laws are rooted, you know, you said it, it's, uh, you know, it go- goes back in history to a time when we didn't understand animals and, you know, science, uh, yeah. you know, the, the philosopher René Descartes, uh, you know, said animals are essentially animated machines oh, uh, and not worthy of consideration as, as living. Um, and unfortunately, as ridiculous as that sounds to us now, and, and we know it's not true, uh, you know, our laws are kind of rooted in that philosophy. So, it's, yeah. you know, there's a real leap that the laws have to make to say, to understand that animals do indeed have uh, legal interests that should at least be uh, considered uh, yes. where, where uh, you know, laws that are going to affect animals are put into place. And so that's really a root cause. You know, we, we are obviously working in the practical realm of the laws that we have. And, and so we're working every day. We have a, a program uh, aimed at helping prosecutors, helping and training prosecutors and law enforcement in the handling of animal cruelty cases, trying oh, to get the best possible results. Uh, that's great. We, we file lawsuits uh, of all kinds. We're, we're you know, aimed at uh, advancing uh, animals' interests and stopping uh, cruel practices and that sort of uh, thing. So we have our own legal strategies. And then, of course, we have our programs in the law schools. Uh, yeah. We have uh, over 200 student chapters, Student Animal Legal Defense Fund chapters. That's a lot. Uh, it's a lot. It's, yeah. it's nearly every accredited law school in the country. It's something we're very, very proud of. How impressive. And, you know, those are the future lawyers. Those are the future yes. lawyers, judges, politicians, uh, you know, coming out of law schools. And because these chapters are there, they're exposing their cohort, their fellow students, uh, law school administrations uh, to these issues of, of how far behind our laws are um, for protecting animals. And, and you know, as you said, uh, in the in the United States, of course, most animal protection laws are state state level. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, very very few laws that protect animals at the federal level, um, and so it is a hodgepodge. And one of the things that we do annually, which which your listeners might find interesting, is you can go to our website uh, aldf.org, mm-hmm. um, and you can find our rankings. Uh, and we rank all fifty states and the territories. Yeah. Uh, on the the relative strength of their animal protection laws. Oh. And we do that, that every year. That's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, so you can find out, uh, you know, where your state ranks. And, you know, it, it's a great way for animal activists to, especially those in the lower tier, who can approach legislators and say, you know, look, we're in the you know, bottom 10 of, of states nationwide. We've really fallen behind. We need to up our game and, and pass stronger laws. And we've seen that it's a real incentive that it actually works with, uh, you know, to help support their efforts. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great tool and it, it, it speaks to that issue you mentioned. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate obviously being in, in what I do, I'm connected to a lot of these people. So, you know, we have a Senator out here who's very big on the animal laws. He's been fantastic at, at supporting, uh, and trying to get, you know, bills put together and getting them sponsored and that kind of thing. But yeah, I do get very frustrated. I get frustrated at this time of year because as you know, we're boiling hot and we're still still seeing people leave their pets in cars and mm, it yes. makes me cuckoo crazy i think we've already encountered probably a dozen already and it's it's very frustrating we're we're one of those states that says a um basically like a, an officer um a peace officer a policeman um i think firemen of course can come and uh you know get a, a 
pet out of a car, but we don't have a law where we can smash a window and and get them out, you know, should we know that they're definitely in distress and we've got to do this. So I find that very, very frustrating. I I I'm a, I probably would do my own thing, Stephen. <laughs> because that's me Um, and I'm not saying anyone should you do whatever you need to do but I think you need to know what the law is if you're not if you're going to go against it you know know what you're getting into take some some precautions Uh, I mean this is what I would personally do. Of course, I run in Absolutely. and I try and find out whose who's pet this is. If they can't be found, I'm calling the police. Uh, I'm giving them an update. I'm taking some photos and some video and, you know, trying to see if I can get in the car. And I would definitely back myself up along the way. Uh, I've never had to get to that point, thankfully. Um, and I hope I never have to. But um, I find right now with some of the states who are passing these laws that say, yes, you you can uh, smash a window, but you will still let to let for law, law enforcement know what you're doing. Obviously, take some photos and some video, this and the other. But people are hearing this on the news and think it's everywhere. And, yeah. and I'm seeing yeah. it being perpetuated here in Vegas. Oh, yeah, you can smash a window. And I'm like, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how many how many states would you say uh, we can actually do that? We can actually sc- smash a window. Well, you know, it's it's a number. Uh, I'm not sure of the number that actually allow you to break a window specifically. There are a few states that have them, um, and Wisconsin, uh, I believe, re- was the most recent one that I heard of that passed such a law. Um, <clears throat> but there again, you know, as you said, the 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 hodgepodge of state laws. You have to be really aware of what the laws are in your state. Yeah. And and you know, and and I share your frustration. You know, every year ALDF and and many other animal protection groups, uh, you know, make an effort to bring awareness to this issue because it's just such a senseless and preventable tragedy. And yeah. people think, you know, they they oh, I'm just going to run in this store and they close up their car and they don't realize, you know, that the even on a you know a relatively mild eighty degree day, not like what you see in in Las Vegas, yeah. uh, you know, but but even on a relatively mild eighty degree day, when you close the windows or even have them cracked, it's yeah. not enough, um, and the temperature just soars. It's the you know it's a greenhouse essentially, and it traps that heat, and and dogs can die really quickly. And it's, yeah. I mean, I can't emphasize enough. It's it's a really horrible death as yes. well. It's, it's, it's not, you know, they don't die suddenly, they suffer. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's just not something that anybody wants to see happen or wants to happen to their dog. So one thing we're doing, um, you know, what, what, of course, one of the most important things is to raise awareness. Yes, um, absolutely. And, and we have, uh, we came up with the idea of having a sunshade, you know, the kind of things you mm-hmm. put in your your uh, windshield to block the sun out and keep your car cooler. I have um, one. <laughs> and yeah, so we, we came up with the idea of splashing a big message on there yeah. that, you know, with a graphic of a dog and says, don't leave dogs in hot cars. Um, and it encourages, you know, the first thing people should do if they see a dog that, uh, you know, is panting and in a closed up car and on a hot day is call 911. Well, you're you're trying to save a life. Yeah. Um, and generally speaking, the, the you know the police are are pretty quick to respond. And um, you know most most cops I'm aware of are, are dog lovers themselves, and uh, that's right. You know, they are going to take action. Yes. Um, and you know, in some states, they do have specific laws that legalize uh, you know taking action and breaking in. Um, you, you have to be aware of what your laws are because that is uh, that is. Uh, illegal in most states uh, to do that, uh, though, though many, many people take that risk. Yes. Um, and there's there's now 20 states also, uh, well, more than 20. And again, I, as I say, these laws are passing, so the numbers change. But I think uh, there's 20 plus states now that uh, actually specifically criminalize leaving an animal in a hot vehicle. So that's Very another good. thing that in, should incentivize people to never, ever do it. Yes. If you think you're going to be gone for a minute. You know, you can be prosecuted, and the and the yeah. the violations can be serious. And they should be, um, shouldn't they? You and know? they should be. Yeah, it's it's absolutely irresponsible. Yeah, and it's cruel. It's and, very and so cruel. Even, even in states that don't specifically criminalize leaving a dog in a hot car, you know, people can be prosecuted under cruelty laws. I mean, it yeah. is animal cruelty. So yes. uh, the chances are you will be prosecuted if if you do this. Do you know we um, um we just I just recently learned we have a new animal abuse uh unit here in Las Vegas that we never had before. And uh I think they're they're worked to the bone, most definitely. They're dealing with some some pretty horrific stuff. 
But if for me, it's a great sign. I'm like, wow, we've got more backup here when we've got these situations. Uh, most people call animal control. We don't have that many animal control officers. We're, we're a big city. It's impossible to get to everybody. And they don't have police powers. So it's, it's a very different situation. I never call them. I always call, um, I always call the police first. But to know that there's this unit uh, that we have now, despite what we're talking about not having um, the law where you can smash a window, I, my source at Metro did tell, tell me, and I did put this on the show a couple of weeks ago, that although we don't have a law saying you can smash a window, this is what we suggest. And it was basically check the door, check the window, get some water to the door, find the people, have businesses make announcements, take photos, take video, take a picture of the, the temperature in the car if you can see it, you know, those kind of things. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then once the police come out, you ask them to forward the report to the um, animal abuse unit and they will prosecute. So that, that I thought was a great thing. That's I'm a going, great idea. I'm going to yeah. bring them on the show because a lot of people don't know that we have that now. And there's a lot of bashing, trust yeah. me here. There's a lot of bashing <laughs> animal control. And I'm like, just call the police, people. Just call them. And every time we've called, they've come out. We've never had an issue. They've come out straight away. They've been, been rather quick. So um, I'm really thrilled that we've got that because now we've got another level of seriousness. And I, I guess as a judge, and I, I don't know what her name is, and I'm going to find out who's... Uh, specifically assigned to those cases, so that yeah. makes me very happy <laughs> indeed. Absolutely. Now, do you now do you work do you work with judges also? We do. Uh, you know, we we whenever we do trainings, particularly uh, in in the I mentioned our criminal law program, uh, where we're working directly with law enforcement and prosecutors. We also do trainings uh, for judges um, specifically. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of very specialized, uh, issues that come up, uh, in, in animal cruelty cases. Um, and it it can actually get quite complex. And of course, our goal is to make sure that those people who are directly enforcing the laws know what all those issues are and, and have the tools and the training they need to make the best possible case. Yes. Um, and there are special things that judges need to look at and consider. Um, so it's, they're a really important element. And, and again, you know, by and large, uh, you know, our, our legal system is is slow to move. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, we, we, you know, we are pushing to move it. Uh, but it's, you know, it's like turning a, 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 a tanker or something, you know, yes. on the ocean. It takes a while for it to start to move. <laughs> yes, but, um, but by and large, you know, I, I think uh, law professionals of, of all kinds, you know, from, from law enforcement officers to prosecutors to judges, um, when they're, when they're confronted with these issues, when they receive these trainings, when we're able to reach them are very sympathetic, you know, I mean, yeah. the, we had a, it was an, there was an interesting case that emphasizes that, uh, there was an animal case years back, but it was funny in the, in the decision and the judge, uh, sided with, uh, animal protection advocates. And in his, uh, opinion, he wrote, you know, this is, you know, you're dealing with a judge who goes to sleep every night with his dog in bed, you right. know, and, yeah. um, so understand, you know, these are, these are people like the rest of us yes. who, um, you know, who, who feel strongly about animals most of the time. I wanted to say too, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, say we have a resource on the hot car issue, yeah. um, that, uh, your listeners might find helpful to, to find LDF, like animal legal defense fund.org. And then it's, you just put a forward slash and hot car laws. We'll so aldf.org slash hot car laws. We'll share, we'll definitely sh- we'll share that link because it's okay. such an important message. I do have the sunshade. It's, people do see it, and I think it's brilliant. When I first saw those, I thought, that's genius. That's absolutely <laughs> genius. Please tell me it was your idea, Stephen. <laughs> oh, it was not. I wish I could take credit. Uh, it was actually uh, our, our development director, very, very smart guy uh, uh, named Vaughn Maurice, uh, and, and a really uh, super compassionate uh, animal person. And we, you know, we, we had made the graphic. Actually, our, our, one of our designers on staff, uh, Ian Elwood, uh, came up with the graphic that's on the sunshade and we had used it in a, in a post on Facebook, again, trying to get the word out and let people know not to do that. Yes. Um, and then, uh, the, and the graphic was so well received, uh, so widely shared on Facebook. We were so happy with it that we realized, you know, it really struck a nerve with people. Yeah. And then Juan came up with the idea, well, let's, let's slap that on sunshade so that, you know, Genius. parking lots all over the country will, will be able to see this and think about it. And, yeah. you know, hopefully, 
you have it in your car and, yep. and you know, uh, people who are parking with their cars, uh, yeah. with their dog in their car, you know, will see it and hopefully think twice. Ab- absolutely. Well, Stephen, can you hang on the line? I need to run a few commercials so we can pay, absolutely. So we can pay our bills. <laughs> sure. You know how that goes. So hang on in there. Everyone, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host. I am the queen of rock and roll dogs. And we'll see you on the other side of the break. Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Pets, people, pop culture. It's hard to find time for your furry family member. That's where Camp Bow Wow comes in. All day play and overnight camp. Daycare and boarding for dogs. Everything is included. Large play areas for fun and exercise. Spacious cabins, comfy cots, even live camper cams to watch from a computer or smartphone. Camp Bow Wow offers the best care and is the place to go where a dog can be a dog. For locations and more information, visit CampBowWow.com. When I adopted her, she was a mess. Scabs, itching, licking, missing fur, hot spots, a thin, dull coat. So I take the dog to the vet for the standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. No results. I hear your advertisement on the radio. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. So I get the five-pound box of Dynavite and the Lico Chops within a four-week total. Instead of a German Shedder, I have a German Shepherd. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life because she gets fed Dynavite. And the results, they're just incredibly outstanding. And she loves it. When you rescue a dog, you have to do the right thing. You've got to feed him right for life. Do the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Vegas Rock Dog Radio Pets, People, Pop Culture And we're back everyone. You're listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio with me, Sam, your host, the Queen of Rock and Roll Dogs. My guest is Stephen Wells, Executive Director of the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Are you still there, Stephen? I'm here. Super. I have a question for you. What countries do you look at in the world and you, th- and you look at them and say, wow, these are the people leading the way in animal welfare and the laws that go along with them? Who, who do you look at and go, wow, that's impressive? You know, it's a good question. And um, I'm not sure that I've, I've thought about it across the board because I think, uh, you know, certain countries have very strong laws in particular areas and uh, um, that we admire yeah. uh, and would love to emulate. I would say, you know, the, the European Union um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, Great, Great Britain as well, um, even separately, have really uh, advanced laws protecting farmed animals. Oh, um, nice. And even there, there's a long way to go. But, but I think they do a better job with farmed animals. And, you know, farmed animals are, uh, of course, the, by far the largest number of animals who are um, yes. fairly re- re- treated, fairly routinely treated inhumanely. Yes. So that's great. You know, that's a, a very uh, important aspect. And um, and there are also some very strong laws in Great Britain for uh, companion animals as well. Mm. But even there, you know, it's funny if you, uh, we look at it fairly neutrally and we can see countries that seem to be ahead of the curve. But if you talk to British activists, of course, they will, they will certainly tell you that <laughs> there are lots of deficiencies. That's and, right. Know. And I think we all, all feel that way, don't we? I yeah. think wherever we, we are at that time, it's just never quite good enough. We, we want it to be so much better. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Whether well, yeah, You're exactly right in saying that. We say, well, I don't think they're that strong, you know, but it's all relative yeah. to where you are as well. And just the fact that you want it to improve and everybody does. You know, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where we say it's perfect, <laughs> although that yeah. would be our, you know, our vision for it to be yeah. perfect. What would you say in the United States? What areas would you say in animal welfare are really, really improving? And what area would you say is we need to get people on board with? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question. Um, 
You know, I, I would say in, in some elements where we've seen the most activity, I think, uh, is, is the growing awareness that, uh, you know, our legal system and our, our regulations on uh, corporations and so forth have really failed farmed animals in, mm-hmm. in a big, big way. Um, and I think there's a growing awareness of, you know, what's happened with, uh, you know, what, what we call factory farming yeah. um, and the warehousing of highly sentient, highly intelligent animals and confining them in spaces where, where they really can't even move. Yes. Um, and yeah, no matter, you know, you, you don't have to be, uh, uh, you know, a vegan necessarily to, to understand, you know, even people who are, who are, who are eating meat or drinking milk or so forth. Believe, and I think have a right to believe that uh, animals are are at least treated uh, reasonably humanely, yeah. um, like at at a minimum, and yes. and really that's even that's not happening. And I no. think so. On the one hand, I'd say that answers the question of you know where things have gone most awry and where there needs to be the most advancement, because you know we're talking about uh, ten billion animals a year just in the U.S. alone. It's a lot um, that yeah. go through these systems. So we're talking about a lot of lives. Um, and, and it's, it's fallen so far behind the norm and we've seen, uh, uh, agricultural industries, uh, actively campaign and successfully campaign in many states to completely exempt farmed mm. animals from cruelty laws. Uh, and the, you know, there's a reason that they want to do that. And we've seen, yes, uh, money. <laughs> the, yeah, 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 exactly. And, and because their practices have become, you know, this intensive confinement have just become so heinous, yes. uh, in terms of their, the treatment of animals that they, that I think they realized that, uh, it would fall outside the norms of even, even cruelty laws. So, but on the other hand, on the upside, um, you know, there's been a lot of a growing awareness of that. You look you know, here in California, um, several years ago, we passed the sweeping proposition uh, that just overwhelmingly passed uh, that uh, eliminated uh, over time uh, the, some of the forms of the most cruel confinement, uh, battery cages for laying hens yes. and uh, veal crates and oh. uh, uh, gestation crates for sows where they're, they're, they're kept in these metal cages where they can't turn around, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't so, think people, I swear to goodness, I don't think people even listening to the show will even know what a what a those crates are or those cages. Yeah. Um, it's it's horrific, and I think it if really people is. see that, they'll make a connection. And I think a lot of that, you know, I'm seeing more and more of it get, getting shared through social media, which I think is a, a wonderful thing. And I know a lot of people yeah. don't want to see it, but. Some, I'm very much that shock value kind of girl anyway. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sugarcoating anything. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm not glossing over it because usually some kind of a reaction may lead to some action. And if it's a, if it's a video that shows you the truth, I mean, it's the truth. I'm going to show my husband a couple of things and he it just, he, he cannot believe what they're doing to the pigs. He could not believe it. Hey, yeah. Tim, I have a, this is Jim. I just have a quick question for you as I'm listening in. I don't mean to interfere, <laughs> but, um, so uh, what's interesting to me is then we're dealing with companion animals, industrial or farm animals. And do you also get involved with the States in their wildlife programs? Or is that something completely different that, uh, that you guys don't get involved in? No, that's, that's a great question. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, we actually, uh, you know, so so I should say, you know, backing up, uh, you know, the Animal Legal Defense Fund is is uh, we're really the what makes us unique is that we're focused on the law. Um, so we're not we're, we don't limit the work that we do based on you know whether it's exclusively companion animals or exclusively farmed animals or exclusively wildlife. Um, we really are looking at ways we can advance the laws, and we're trying to confront the areas where you know there is a lot of cruelty. And I should say. You know, adding to factory farms. I mean, puppy mills are essentially factory farms. They are. Puppies or uh, and, or labor- and, and laboratory animals, even. Exactly, yeah. and laboratory animals. I mean, there's there's many fronts. So on the wildlife front, you know, one area that we've been very actively involved in is uh, there's an agency of, of the United States Department of Agriculture called, uh, uh, euphemistically called, Wildlife Services. Um, and essentially what it is, is it's a federally funded uh, wildlife massacring agency oh. um, that 
they're they're mandated to uh, deal with wildlife conflicts. And of course, what what it essentially is is it's a subsidy for killing animals that are inconvenient to oh. ranchers oh. and so forth at federal expense. And they use they use poison, they use uh, traps and snares, and they kill tens of thousands of our native wildlife every year, from oh. bears to mountain lions to bobcats to foxes to coyotes. Uh, crows. I mean, on and on. The list just goes on. That's so um, shameful. In response to industry, I mean, it's really it, it, it's it's a horrific massacre of our wildlife that's done completely to subsidize private industry um, at taxpayer expense. And when taxpayers, you know, when mm-hmm. the average member of the public realizes what they're doing, they're horrified. But they they for too long have flown under the radar. Yes. Um, so we're starting to confront them. You know, many counties, uh, including here in California, where, where, where head, our headquarters is, uh, have contracts with wildlife services uh, that come in and, and, and do these horrible things. So we're starting at the county level um, to go to counties and start to confront these contracts that they have with, with uh, uh, wildlife services. Um, and we've been successful in, in convincing counties to end these contracts. Wonderful. Uh, and we think that there are they have sidestepped legal procedures that they need to uh, have in place to even approve contracts like that. So uh. um, so that's one way. It's you know again we're we're focused on on the kind of legal avenues where we can have the most impact. Yes. And really, wildlife services is is such an out of control uh, agency and doing so much damage to our, our native wildlife. Um, that we felt like we want to, and, and it, you know, it's not just us. There are lots of wonderful groups uh, that are working on that uh, on that issue, and we're trying to uh, work in coalition with them, um, you know, to 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 end the, those practices. Wow, you know, it, and here's the thing: the name of the agency would never imply what they're doing. So you would never, if you know, if it doesn't tell you, yeah, we're just massacring you know wildlife. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't know, would you? And we need to, no. we need to save the bees. Oh. <laughs> bees indeed. Bees yeah. need to be saved. Bees are all bees are euthanized whenever they're a problem. They're not, they're not captured and relocated, and then they're, we're se- sealing our own doom, aren't we? Yeah, the, the, there really is an issue uh, with uh, pollinators, you know, in general, mm-hmm. bees and wasps and, and all kinds that, uh, and people don't realize, you know, these these, these fragile connections and, uh, you know, without bees, no food, you know, yes. uh, it's, it's that simple. Um, and uh, so the, the, these colony collapses that we've been seeing, which uh, have a number of causes, but certainly um, poisons. Uh, there, there have been some links to certain types of uh, gene- genetically modified crops um, that may be having an impact on on pollinators and so forth. And yeah. yeah, there's there's certainly no shortage of of, of issues to confront. <laughs> yes. And so, a, you yeah. know, a big part of what we do is really look at um, again with a legal focus. You know, what are what are some of the laws that uh, are not being adequately enforced that yeah. do exist, and how can we push for them to be strongly enforced? Um, and then what, where can we advance the law, either through, uh, um, through litigation and setting precedents in, in legal cases, um, or we, we work directly with, uh, you know, writing and assisting with, with the passage of uh, an- stronger animal protection laws. That, that you're making a big impact when, when you do it that way. It's like, you know, if you can ban bullhooks from a certain, you know, state or city, then, well, they can't control their elephants, therefore they can't you know, run their shows. So I think sometimes going in a different angle is, is because you, I always hear it, you'll never get circuses to go away. And I'm like, there are ways, there are ways. And laws really help with that in a tremendous way. One thing I read about you, Stephen, and uh, I think tells a lot about your character is that you lived in Alaska and the place you lived for the first year had no electricity and running water. So that tells me a lot about <laughs> you. <laughs> You're either yeah. nuts. They're either nuts, or you've got so much fortitude and determination. Um, that's incredible. I think once you've lived like that, you probably feel like you can do anything. But that yeah, it was it was a wonderful. It was a wonderful time. I you know I, I grew up in Chicago, in inner city Chicago, and uh, but I always dreamed of the wilds and, and <laughs> loved being out in the mountains and. So when I moved to Alaska, I, I took the full dive, and uh, I did spend a winter in a cabin with no running water and no <laughs> electricity, and uh, amazing. Had, had to haul my heating fuel. But you know, it, it was partly my passion for for wildlife yeah. and, and wild nature, which is certainly a part of, of who I am. And I think for me was was a, a, a you know sort of a window um, into a, a different relationship with with all life, with yes. all 
animals. Yeah. Um, and, and it sort of was like peeling an onion when I started to realize um, how we're treating, uh, you know, I always had, we always had dogs and cats, of course, but yeah. then, you know, farmed animals and, and what was actually happening with wildlife. And it just, it really made me want to be a part of uh, seeking change. That's amazing. Cause I mean, you, you were known for your work with, um, with wolves and bears up in Alaska and um, I'm sure, I'm sure it wasn't easy to go up against, uh, <laughs> you know, the people that hunt and all those things. You know, you, you, you did something with the um, same-day airborne wolf hunt, hunting. Uh, lots of people don't know what that is. Uh, can you explain what, yeah. that, what that is? Yeah, well, so, you know, I, I, uh, I got involved just volunteering and then eventually started, uh, became the, the executive director of a, a group called the Alaska Wildlife Alliance, which is based in Anchorage. And uh, uh, we had a lot of campaigns focused on uh, wolves and bears, as you said. And one of the most egregious things in, in, in the, the political attitude in Alaska uh, is very much oriented towards uh, fomenting easy hunting. Um, and so in, in that milieu, the Department of Fish and Game and, and really the, the leadership in, the, in politics up there in the state legislature um, were constantly trying to find new and improved ways of killing uh, wolves and bears because they saw them as competition for uh, uh, hunting targets, essentially, uh, you know, k- kill wolves, then there's more moose for hunters, you know, that oh, sort of thing. Goodness. Um, so that was a constant battle for us. And one of the most egregious ways they did that was they would legalize these methods of hunting for the public um, so they could sidestep the controversy of having state-funded killing programs, which they were always, always doing, um, and just allow people with small planes to chase wolves down uh, in with their airplanes terrible. until they're exhausted and shoot them. Terrible. Um, Absolutely terrible. It's just terrible. And, yeah. you know, and the thing is in the winter, which is when they do it, um, these wolves have nowhere to hide, nowhere to run. They're, you know, they're, they're not equipped to deal with these uh, aerial marauders and it, they're easy to find. You fly around and, and then you see tracks and you follow the tracks Ugh. and eventually you're going to catch the animals. So it's, an absurd, absurd, uh, and it really wasn't a hunting method. It was, no. it was a, a massacring method, and yeah. it was designed to to kill off wolves. So yeah, that, uh, you know, my, a lot of my my life was spent uh, defending wolves, and it was not a. It was definitely a hostile climate. Uh, I can imagine, of, but you're alive, so that says a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can't imagine going up against that, uh, yeah. and, and it's hard. I think for for me, I never understand when. You know, they say something, you know, someone goes to, you know, he's up, uh, in front of a judge for animal cruelty, and then the judge doesn't slap him down with a, a good old census. And I think, why? Gosh, why would you not? Mm-hmm. And so that, I, it's just a mentality that you and I obviously do not share um, with those kinds of people. But I'm sure that was one heck of an eye-opener politically um, about the power when it comes to, you know, where, how they can make money and, you know, maybe attract tourism through through kind, certain kinds of hunting and those kinds of things. And it's that's, it's powerful, isn't it? Politics is powerful, you know, to, it is. to go up against. It is. Yep. And, I, and again, I think that's why, uh, you know, when you think about the working at the grassroots level, um, you know, and, and 15 years ago, I started, you know, what we call our animal law program uh, when I first started with ALDF which was aimed at the law schools and getting students involved and so forth. And then, you know, and, and that's the thought is, you know, 15 years later, we're seeing some of those early adopters in our student mm-hmm. uh, ALDF program who are becoming partners in big law firms and who will hopefully go on to politics and become judges yes. and uh, you know, those sorts of things. So it's, you know, we really have to change that culture as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm so you know, when I look at the young attorneys and law students today, um, I there is so much cause for hope. I mean, yeah. they're so smart and so dedicated, and there are so many of them that uh, we will see a paradigm shift. No I, question. About yeah, it. I think we absolutely will. We have a judge here, um, and she in her courtroom, she has pictures of all her basset hounds all around the walls. You know, I'm like that's my kind of judge. Yeah, because I do got concerned about a judge that probably just doesn't even like animals. And then they get an animal cruelty case in front of them. And I'm like, ooh, gosh, you know, how does yeah. that go down? Um, I and mean, we've had some horrible cases here. Oh, the, 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 the guys that ripped the bird's head off at the flamingo, uh, they really got away with just a little slap on the wrist kind of thing. And we've had some horrific things. You know, the fire, the pet, pet store fire, that was another really bad situation. 
And um, it just never seemed like, oh, please, 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 I need some hope that something really good is going to get handed down. We've got to show people you can't be doing this. There are big consequences, you know, to harming animals and killing them. And um, yeah, we've, it's, uh, I'm in one of those places. I'm like, it needs to be stronger. We need to be harsher. (laughs) I have no problem. I'm like, lob them in jail. I don't care. You know, (laughs) let them think about what they've done. I'm, I'm very black and white when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, I want to mention that ALDF. I hear a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'd like to mention that ALDF is uh, proud to be a four-star charity navigator, rated nonprofit, Platinum Level uh, Guide Star Exchange Participant, Better Business Bureau Accredited Charity, and you've been awarded the Independent Charity Seal of Excellence, and you ensure that you meet the highest standards of public accountability, program effectiveness, and cost effectiveness. And I, I've always felt that way about your organization. I think that's why so many po- people like to support you. And I think that's very important, you know, to have, have that backing that we, we are a legitimate charity and we're a responsible charity that people can get behind. And I think if they go to your website... I think they'll be surprised at the the types of issues they can get behind. And it covers so much. It's so broad that, you know, if your passion is farm animals, you'll find something there you can, you know, hop on board with. And and I'm going to say a big part of that is sharing that information through social media uh, because you're currently doing so many cases as well. I looked at the list of cases. It's the current ones. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot, and I'm sure it, well, there's you. more coming. <laughs> but one, Absolutely. One, Absolutely. I, one I read about that really, really upset me was the lawsuit that you filed on behalf of, of the Louisiana residents against Dixieland Amusement Park and uh, the inhumane uh, confine, uh, in, inhumanely confinement of candy. And it's a 50-year-old chimpanzee who's been confined apart from other chim- chimpanzees for 40 years. I mean... That just made me sick and really yeah. sad because that's not that's not why they're here. This is not why animals are here, and uh, yeah. that is that just really really upset me when I read that. I mean, what's the? There's just there's just no good can ever come out of that ever. Yeah, situations. yeah, no, it's it's tragic. You know, we're talking about a uh, you know a chimpanzee named Candy, as you said. Uh, just just in you know, I solitary confinement is what you'd have to call it because yeah. chimpanzees are, are very much like us. They're mm-hmm. highly social. Um, they, they have, uh, they're incredibly intelligent and require lots of mental stimulation to yeah. be healthy. And, um, you know, she just sits there, um, in this, this horrible little roadside zoo called Dixie Landon. Um, Gosh. and so, yeah, we filed law- a lawsuit, uh, to try and get her out of there. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they, people throw, Hot, uh, lit cigarettes at her because oh. she, they've gotten her hooked on smoking and oh. uh, they think it's funny and cute and they they uh, give her Coca-Cola to drink, uh, which is horrible, you know, as bad for them as it is for us, uh, you know, and she has no choice. So she's, you know, the, the sugar is very addictive. So there's just, it's, it's just a really terrible, sad uh, situation. Yeah. And she's, she's showing the kind of, you know, stereotypic behavior, uh, which is symptomatic of, of severe stress and, uh, mental illness, and Gosh. she will sometimes just curl into a fetal position, mm. a concrete floor of her cage. Um, so, we are we are uh, we have filed a lawsuit um, that we expect to win. Um, and you do and win a lot. You win a lot of them, and you know people have a lot of confidence when they hear that uh, ALDF is on this case. And you're like, oh yes, thank goodness. A little sigh of uh, you know relief because you do win so many of these cases, and I look forward to you winning this one too. Because it's, it's despicable. It is despicable. I mean, I don't even know how, I don't know. I'm sure they have friends. How can, I would never have a friend like that. If I had a friend like that, they'd be no, no longer be a friend. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Surely they've got one friend that says this is not right. Mm. It's terrible. Mm. Absolutely terrible. But you, I mean, you've done work with, you know, against SeaWorld and you've done all kinds of things. The big names, you know, going up against the big guns. But you have uh, one heck of a team, don't you? Um, we really do. Uh, we really do. I, I like to say that uh, in my role, when I get to uh, meet and talk strategy with with my legal team, um, you know, I just get smarter by osmosis. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. so amazed at the at uh, the remarkable people we have on our team, uh, in both you know experts in criminal law and experts in civil law. And when we get together and talk about you know what our what our next targets are going to be and and what the laws are that we can use. Um, it's just remarkable. Um, I, I am, I'm absolutely thrilled and proud to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as excited, uh, 
today about the work that we're doing and, and the approach we take as I was, uh, you know, 16, 17 years ago when I, when I joined ALDF. I think the approach is very steady and it's like, this is what we do. We do this, we do this, we do this, we, we win. <laughs> you know, we, we are winning against all this crime against these animals. Um, and I know you do, uh, I think there's a fun side also to, to your organization because you do a lot of, you know, getting people together and gatherings. And I know you've got your cruise for a cause, making waves for animals coming up in November. Yes, um, yes. And I'm hoping that Jim and I can make a point of coming down and being a part of that because we have to meet. You know that. We just oh, have to. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, please um, do. And, and yeah, there's information on that on our website. That sounds like a lot. Worse, but, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah Especially a on a... Is it on a yacht at the at Marina del Rey and a luxury yacht? That's you've got me. I'm sold. <laughs> Correct. Yes, it is. It's, it's uh, you know one of those big boats, so we can have uh, you know people meet and and uh, you know bring animal lovers and animal supporters together and yeah. supporters of ALDF and uh, just have a lot of fun and and you know we'll talk about some of the things that ALDF is working on and. Uh, you get to meet some others, not just me, but some others in my team will, will be aboard, um, and it should just be a lot of fun. I think I think Jim and I would thoroughly enjoy that, and it sounds like fun with music and, you know... Well, I have a saxophonist friend that lives in Marina Del Rey who's very famous. He was the original saxophonist in Earth, Wind, and Fire, so... Oh, wow. R- Ronnie Laws lives down there, oh, he so does? We'll, we'll have to look him up, too. Hey, now, you know what, Stephen? You're an e-sax player. You just call on me for my husband, because he's a sax player. If you Is need that li- right? Yes. Oh. If you need live music, sax, flute, clarinet, you name it, he will wow. come and play for you. I'm pimping him out for, for animal events. I am so, I, yeah, I'm so, so envious. Uh, I am not musically talented personally, so, but I, I, I am a super appreciator of those who are. Right. Now, what, what do you do outside of work? What do you do to relax? You have your dog, Eve. Is she your, only, I do. Is she your yeah. only dog? She's my only dog. I have Eve and I have uh, my cat, Ocho. Oh, um, nice. I, they, they are a huge part of my life. Eve is, is generally joined at the hip with me. She goes to work with me, of course. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, and I like to sail. I'm actually, uh, as, as uh, timing would have it, it's, it's Saturday. I'm actually speaking to you sitting on a, a sailboat right now in <laughs> Francisco Bay uh, and uh, plan to go out this afternoon for a sail. That's my other uh, uh, sort of non-animal oriented passion, but I, I really like sailing and I'm taking out some some friends and colleagues from ALDF for the day. and Oh, how nice. You know what? You have to have a contrast. You know, when you're working so much with, with, with just horrible stuff, you know, you've got to have some contrast and some downtime, haven't you? You know, but this Absolutely. is the first time we've done an interview on a yacht. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, uh, it just, you know, I, I knew I was going to be going out this afternoon, so I thought, <laughs> well, I'll get all set up and, and uh, <laughs> on the boat. So it, occasionally you're probably hearing the, the honks of sailboats <laughs> leaving the marina here. I but, love it. Uh, <laughs> I love the addition addition of the extra noise of the ocean. It's fantastic. Now you've but had, I, this, this, I really go can't ahead. emphasize enough. You know, animal advocates do need an outlet. Um, yeah. it's stressful work. It's it is, you know, it can be heartbreaking sometimes. Yeah. We we don't always win. Um we have to, you know, confront a lot of the worst kind of facts about yeah. what are happening and we can't look away and so it is really important you know we as animal advocates need to be in this for you know it's it's a marathon not a sprint it and is so oh my gosh and a break now yourself. and again is 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 good for yourself and it's good for the organization or the rescue that you work with because it is a lot of highs and it is a lot of lows and so emotionally that can really take its toll they're saying there's a, the compassionate caring disorder which is so similar to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder by people who care, overly care, and, and are in these situations. So, yes, the, the yacht is, let me tell you something, the yacht is the way to go. <laughs> now, they've had the um, Animal Rights Conference this weekend, haven't they? And you had a reception. Was that last That's night? That's right. Was it- yeah, um, yeah we, uh, we do a reception for law professionals and uh, supporters that uh, go to the conference, and it's become very popular uh, at the Animal Rights Conference. And we also have... Uh, uh, I think two or three of our, our staffers in uh, programs will be speaking at the conference this weekend. Very and uh, so it's, yeah, it's very exciting. It's a, it's a big deal down there in, in L.A. I think we have a mutual friend in Carrie LeBlanc. From Con- yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, she's yeah. speaking today, I think. Um, okay. I was so happy great. she moved. She moved to she moved to Vegas. I'm like, yay, we got we got someone great here in town. This is great. And she's very steady as well in her work and doing great work. So uh, I was so glad to meet her. I've had her on the show a couple of times, and I'll just keep bringing her back. And I'd love to bring you back 
periodically as well, you know, to see where we're going and what cases are on, how people can get sure. involved. Now, um, before we actually leave, what, what would you say is the best way people can get involved and the most effective way of supporting and helping the work that you do? What is the, what is the, the one thing that you go, ooh, we need this, you know, from supporters? Thanks. Yeah, well, I would definitely encourage people to uh, go to our website and, you know, sign up for our e-newsletter and our e-alerts um, because we often call on uh, members and supporters when we need pressure brought to bear, uh, whether it's legislatively or with a court case, um, and that we have specific actions we ask people to take, and uh, sometimes nationally, sometimes locally. Um, and, of course, uh, we are completely dependent on individual donors for yes. the work that we do. Um, so if you if you uh, feel compelled and uh, can support our work through becoming a donor, we, we would appreciate it, um, as you mentioned. And, and thank you for that. We you know the management of the organization very seriously to do the most po- possible work for animals with with every nickel we receive. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we get certified by all the major charity ranking agencies at the as a top tier nonprofit so you know that's important for people to know yeah they have have to have confidence not just in the work that you do but the fact that you that behind the scenes it's all above board and done effectively and those ratings tell people that and you don't get those ratings for any old thing (laughs) we we work for it yeah no we work for it they 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 take it very seriously and we, we you know we have to spend some time and um, uh, you know, make sure that we're doing things exactly right. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it's an easy sell. We have yeah. a, a team that is absolutely dedicated. Um, and and uh, so, uh, yeah, so becoming a donor is, is certainly one another thing that people can do. Um, being prepared to take action when we need you by yep. signing up e-alerts, uh, you know, those are really the, the, the most important things that we can ask individuals to do. Um, cause we can't, we, we can't do our work without that yeah. support. Yeah. That's what's got us this far. And, and that's what we'll be dependent on to file the next case and the next and the next. And of course we encourage people, you know, to buy a sunshade because you get a message out and the money goes into the organization. And that's really important. I have to say a thank you to Natalia, who I dealt with through, through getting you on the show. She was an absolute pleasure to work with. Oh, um, that's just really a really great, super organized, very clear, just really professional. I really enjoyed. Um, it's been, and we've been back and forth for a few weeks and it's been fantastic. It's been brilliant. So I did want to say a little thank you to her for that. Um, it's been, I, Stephen, I could seriously, I mean, maybe we should do a two hour show next time and really just <laughs> go for it. Uh, will you be I'm coming, on board. Will you be coming to Vegas anytime soon? I don't have any immediate plans, but, uh, you know, I have been there. I was there earlier this year um, for we actually had some hearings on a, on a Hendry County ordinance involving uh, uh, captive exotic animals yeah. uh, that we were successful <laughs> with. And we were there part of a team. Yes. Uh, that was a big win. Um, but I will certainly uh, give you a heads up if I'm going there. And there, there are lots of really amazing activists there yeah. uh, in, in Vegas. Um, and I'm glad to know most of them. I, I look and I think, gosh, we've got, we're, I'm surrounded by some great people doing great things in our town. And I feel like we're, we're finally getting on track. We don't have the best reputation when it comes to animals, you know, because, of course, we have animals entertainment, which I cannot stand. Uh, we have the, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes here for the lion habitat. Uh, and I wish it would be illegal for, for places like that to not use the word habitat sanctuary when they're actually not that, um, because that misleads people. Um, but we, yeah, we don't have much of a track record on tigers and dolphins in the desert. And, you know, so I feel like we've got some very good people that are here in town that are on these causes and just, just steadily doing that work. Um, and I've lived here almost 20 years. So it's, uh, it's a big difference from 20 years ago. But, you know, this has been such a good interview. As I say, I had a hard time putting the show together because there's so much I could have spoke about. Because I went through the website yesterday and I'm like, wow, I feel like I went through a degree yesterday. <laughs> you know, just reading about the vast work that you do and the, the challenges that you face, but the progress that you're making and the wins that you have for these animals is so impressive. And I always feel confident that when you're on a case, like, yeah, they're going to win. They know what they're doing. And, uh, and I'm very excited for the generation coming up through through law who are really interested in, an, in animal wellness and, yeah. uh, and welfare. And I just think, yeah, we're going to see some good changes, aren't we? We really are. Um, we just have to stay the course, though. Like you say, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a sprint. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I can't right. sprint anyway. So, <laughs> Well, I want to say a big, big thank you. This is how I always close the show out, Stephen. I always say, remember, you can help an animal in need. Either rescue, adopt, donate 
volunteer or share their information. Rescue your next family member. Replace the word shop with adopt and be kind to all animals. Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure. I definitely want to bring you back the next minute you're in Vegas. We're going out. We're going out. <laughs> All right. I am I am definitely down. Thanks so much. Um, yeah, I, it was a pleasure. I, I, and it was all mine, I have to say. Enjoy uh, your yachting this weekend. Uh, clearly well deserved and um, I'm sure that I will see you sooner rather than later. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Thanks ever so much, Stephen. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was a great show, everybody. We've come to the end. I say I could have done a two-hour quite easily. Um, a wonderful organization. Hop over to their website, AL, uh, ALDF.org, and see what you can get involved in. Make a donation if you can. Buy the sunshade. I mean, that's a, that's a two-for-one. Sending a message and also helping the organization continue this amazing work for animals throughout the country. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to the listeners and anyone that's watching in today. It's been, a, it's been a great show. And thank you, Jim, Ian, Victoria, Amanda. <laughs> I don't know where everybody is right now. Uh, today, you've been listening to Vegas Rock Dog Radio, where it is all about pets, people, and pop culture. I'm your host, Sam, the queen of rock and roll dogs. And always kiss your pets. Good morning and good night. See you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.